gotta get messy And show the world you growing as an artist And you're free to be yourself You got a dream, you need to start it Stick together, get messy Says you're formally invited To a community where you can find people That spark the feel of excitement Too many art supplies, not enough time No, it's tougher, so you must find A way to feel some connection We got a lot of people with the same kind A great mind, we here for you A platform so we can hear your views Time's yours, forget chores I know you bored of them same rules Shay Kent has been told that her art classes feel like a spa for their creative soul. This conversation that I had was full on many petty, facial, massage, all of it. Full day. <laughs> and a little jacuzzi. I, want, I think that's just who she is. She's just the kind of person to bring calm and peace and... And maybe that's because she is open about her journey too and she's sharing of her journey and her path and and what she needs and she gives that to us too. My discussion with Shay talks a lot about this, about about a deeper side of art, not just, you know, the paint and the paper, but, but what it does for your soul and what it does for your heart and what it does for your well-being and... Zenness, really. Shay believes making art is a fun way to feel free, discover who we are, and express ourselves. Her friendly style helps people find encouragement and inspiration through the art making process in her online and in person workshops. She's happiest with a cup of coffee or a paintbrush in her hand, making her kids' eyes roll, or taking a walk with her hubby by the sea. If you find yourself wanting more of Shay, like like I did, she has a class. It's called Enough, remembering who you are in a world that expects perfection. And I bring it up right at the beginning of the episode because she does share a 30% off coupon code, which is just so generous and so big hearted and just such a good representation of her. You're going to feel so warm and fuzzy in the episode. I'm excited. So welcome to the podcast, Shay. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh man, um, your stu- your studio looks beautiful. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you're not seeing it, um, but the Messians will be seeing it. It is, it's beautiful. Is it something that you actively curated or you set out to make it look this stunning? Well, thank you so much. Um, I think it's evolved over time. Um, it's always kind of changing. I just I think they might be too low, but I've got those wonderful Ikea drawers, those thin little drawers that hold all that paper and goodness. And I've kind of made a wall of those. And um, so it kind of evolves over time. My room is kind of weird. I actually, you can't see the rest of it, but it has doors on three sides. Oh, so I've got French doors on one side, um, some pocket doors on the opposite side, a regular door to a hallway, a window back here. And so I'm sitting right in the middle. That's really the only place that it works. So I have to <laughs> kind of work with what I have, you know, uh, that just sounds like heaven for light. Is it, do you feel yeah. like you put all that light around because you're from Colorado? Yes. Colorado yeah. is snowy, right? Yes, it is snowy and bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, yeah. but now you're in Florida. Yeah, I'm in Florida. I'm in the Tampa Bay area and um, I love it. I love the warmth. I love the ocean. It's been a dream of mine to live 
near the ocean my whole life. I'm originally from Texas and have always wanted to live around the beach and finally got the chance to, and it's really sunny and beautiful here too. So I've been really lucky. Mm. Do you think that you get a lot of inspiration in your work from the sea and from water? I think that the sea and water helps to calm me and center me. And, um, it, it, we, we go for walks almost every night, my husband and I, no matter what the day brought about 15 minutes in, I always feel better and more relaxed. So that's a really great part of my life. And I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm like a dog. Like I have to be walked every day. I have to walk or my day doesn't feel right. I don't feel right. You know? So it's that kind of end cap. I go with my husband, we chat, we catch up and we watch the sunset. And, um, it just is a beautiful way to end the day. Oh, that's beautiful. That It yeah. seems like a very beautiful life. And I think mm -hmm. that extends to your art practice and to mm -hmm. your workshops. Uh, I know you're telling me that your students say that your workshops are like a spa for their creative soul. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I want to talk more about that. Firstly, I want to say that I can immediately feel that just from you as a person. Mm -hmm. You definitely... I feel like I'm on a mini spa right now, even oh, without any instruction. Mm -hmm. I love so that. let's talk about Thank your you. workshops. Yeah, well, you know, I my workshops are really have like a a heavy kind of not heavy, but like a deep emotional, um, inspirational piece. I, I really want to encourage women, and that's a big part of the journey. Uh, with my art classes, we really um, focus on how we're feeling in the moment, processing parts of our life in a way that feels good and inspiring and hopeful. And um, and we, we start off by talking about some of that and journaling and brainstorming. And then we kind of bring everything that we've learned and thought about into an art piece uh, in mm. our art journal. And I just think Art journaling is such an amazing forum to process where we are, to find ourselves, to put something that's internal and make it external, to put it on the page in some way. And I think, you know, our brains must light up in all these different areas when we do something like that. And I have found it to just be um, a wonderful um avenue to process life and to connect to each other. Hmm. Um, that often happens in my workshops as people feel connected and less alone. You hmm. know, what they discover is a lot of the stuff they're feeling, a lot of the stuff they're struggling with um, is so common, is so hmm. normal. You know, we really are all the same at the end, you know, the things that we worry about or, um, you know, feel less than or whatever in the end we discover oh you too you too and um it's kind of our common denominator and i think that really brings us a lot of comfort and hope when we feel not alone it's very powerful mm. Mm. yeah what do you yeah. think that it does for your art when you're creating from that from that part of you and from that like comfort and that warmness and feeling like you're in a spa mm -hmm. well i think it sort of allows freedom, mm -hmm. it allows freedom. And aren't we looking for that? You know, when we go into our art practice and we feel tight and we feel wound and we feel judged 
either externally or most of the time internally, um, it can make us feel inhibited and we compare ourselves to other people. And so I think when we can come um, from a place of self-trust, validating where we are, recognizing um, that art is vulnerable, it is just inherently vulnerable. And for me, as I have grown in my own art practice, I have just come to expect it. I've come to expect those really vulnerable moments. And when I get there, I go, oh, here we are. Here we are. And then, you know, if you can open up that window of tolerance where you can tolerate that uncomfortable feeling, then it helps you to move through it and get to the other side and learn. Mm. Yeah. So where do you think that you can find this? I mean, I think, especially at the moment, most of us are overwhelmed. Um, there's a lot mm. going on in the world. There's a lot that's not so great. How would we, how would we find this within ourselves? Well, I think one of the things that's really helped me, and this is something that I've learned and practiced in my own life is really normalizing all of the feelings, right? Allowing them and recognizing that it is so normal for us to feel overwhelmed, for us to feel um, uncertain, especially right now, that we are having a very normal and expected experience. And um, that, that there really isn't a should or shouldn't around how we should be feeling about how we should be moving through our art practice. Um, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be a certain way, perform a certain way, and it can be very stifling and undermining and invalidating to our spirits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so I think normalizing how we feel and getting curious about it and saying, you know, how, how am I today? What's going on today? Is there, what do I need today? Hmm. Um, where hmm. am I at? Can be really, really helpful. Hmm. That's what I think I've been working with a life coach over the past year. And so much of the work was just um, recognizing it and accepting mm -hmm. it. It's just like saying, mm -hmm. oh, all of this stuff is happening and it's okay. It doesn't, I thought that the work would be in changing it or changing my situation or changing what I needed to do with it, you know, but the work, most of it was just like, ah, oh, that's yeah, it's okay. It's so true. It's <laughs> so true because I think often we kind of have to, we would have to deny a part of our reality to say that we don't feel that way or that it's not going on or we shouldn't feel that way. And I think when we do that, we get stuck. Mm -hmm. We get stuck in it. And instead of being able to, you know, trust our experience, trust our inner voice, get curious about it. Um, it kind of helps us to move through it. Don't you think? Like it, it kind of has a cycle that yeah. begins and ends and we'll begin again because it will happen again and again. But when we um, kind of validate our own experience, I think we, we can often have movement and find comfort and find hope and uh, feel a little bit calmer. And we, we often think that putting it aside and denying it, putting it in a category, telling ourselves we should or shouldn't, that that's what's going to fix it. 
But I have found that it's more, yeah, just like you're saying, more acceptance mm. around what actually is, what our real reality and truth is, has mm. moved the needle for me the most out of mm. anything. It's been a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were speaking about being vulnerable in your art and, um, and the more that you do that, just kind of being like, oh, hey, there you are. And I think that that is a very big, that is probably like one of the biggest differences for me between new artists and artists that have been doing it for a long time. It's not that the vulnerability happens less. It's not that we make stuff that we dislike less. Uh, it could be, but it, not necessarily. Um, it's more that we we see something and we're able to go, Oh, that's what it is. Because something that I have been struggling with a lot at the moment is resistance. And Mm. I've been doing a new creative project. And so the resistance has been strong. And I know what resistance is. And Mm. I could not figure out why I was struggling so much with something. And then I was like, oh, flipping resistance. There it is. Like, right. Just like, and did that help you once you knew that? What did anything change? Completely. Yeah, Mm. completely. Um, I stopped fighting. I was trying mm-hmm. to like fight against it and I was judging myself for feeling all the things that came with it. And as soon as I was like, oh yeah, that's resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's simultaneously like irritating to know what it is, but mm-hmm. also like freeing. Yes. At the same time. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I so agree. How, yeah. Tell me how you, how we can cultivate self-trust. Hmm. Yeah, this is a big one, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I think listening, listening to ourselves, I think allowing all aspects of ourselves to be there. I think we live in a culture that we live in a real positivity culture, you know, almost like maybe toxic positivity might be kind of going around that, that term where everything has to be good and up. And, um, and that really just isn't a real human experience. And so I think when we're allowed the breadth, the width of everything that we feel and recognize that it's normal and that we all feel that way, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it can, um, I think that's the first step to self-trust. And I think, so listening to our voice, recognizing that we can accept it, um, our whole selves, and then getting curious about it. Like, what's that trying to tell me? You know, like when we have resistance, what's that about? And being able to kind of move back from it and ask our, and, and kind of get a, a perspective that's not so up close. So we're not so judgmental, you know, um, is the resistance fear? What's the fear linked to? Do I need to be off social media more? Do I need to just say, Hey, I'm doing something new. And that's scary, Hmm. you know, and what is it that our spirit needs? And is there something we can do to, to tend to it? Hmm. And I think that develops self-trust and I think self-trust develops over time incrementally. And as we begin to move out, um, off of what we've learned, off of what we know about ourselves and make new decisions, the self-trust strengthens and builds. And we remember, oh yeah, I can do this. I can move through this decision. I can make this change. I can um, try this new thing. I can do something and fail because I trust myself, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Self-trust is super powerful. Yeah. It's something that's taken me a while to develop and it's very empowering. How did you start developing it? Well, I think I got to a point in my life where there were, I was stuck in a few different areas and I was tired of feeling stuck. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand why I was stuck. What, what was I stuck? <laughs> you know, like, it's almost like sometimes you don't even know the questions to ask, right? Like what's going on. And, um, you know, I got, I, I got some good books. I found a really great therapist who was really, really helpful in helping me to untangle. She says, it's kind of like untangling a necklace, you know, when it's in the, in your jewelry box and it's all tangled and you just untangle it a little bit at a time, a strand, a knot at a time. And, um, I really began to understand what was happening within me. And part of that was accepting the whole breadth of how I felt Mm. all of it. And, um, yeah, I think that's sort of what started. It was the game changer for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you it's apply this to your art? I mean, it's clear clear for me to see, and I'll definitely put all your links in the show notes, but tell me more about how you apply this to your art. Well, you know, a lot of my art has words and um, there's something very soothing about that. And I think um, I work in layers and I think when you work, I work with a lot of texture, a lot of layers. And when you do that, I think there's a lot of freedom to be found because you can cover things up. You, you lose things and you have to recover things and you have to make decisions. And for me, I think I'm always chasing that feeling of freedom in my art specifically. Sometimes it's hard for me to capture that in other parts of my life. Um, but in art, I feel really almost guarded about it. You know, I kind of talked about a mother bear, um, and I have that mother bear feeling over it where I really value that sense of freedom, both in my mind and my body as I'm making it that feeling of flow. And it's something that I choose. I I have that overarching value in my life. Like it's rooted in that value of freedom and exploration and curiosity, but I have to choose it over and over and over and over again in the art making process. I consciously make a choice to stay free, to stay open, to stay curious, to um, push, push the edges. Um, I try to work to my strengths. You know, I'm not good at precision. I would never be really good at like um, drawing a cityscape to scale or doing anything that's really, really flat, like um, like with gouache geometrics, like something that has a lot of precision built in sewing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No way. Um, So I work to my strengths. My strengths are loose and wild and free and um, color and things like that. So. you know, I, I will push myself to do things I'm uncomfortable with for sure, but I don't berate myself for my weaknesses in art. You know, I stick to those things that, that I know I'm strong in and I cultivate those and mm-hmm. um, bring those to life. And I really hold on fiercely to that feeling of freedom. It's a tool in my life and it's really important. And I want to continue to have a good relationship with it. You know, Mm kind of like our family, our children, our husband, um, you're not going to, if you want to keep that good relationship, you're not going to berate them every day and 
say horrible things about them or horrible things about their relationship. And I feel the same way with my creativity. It's a powerful tool in my life and I love it and I want it to love me back. (laughs) And we got to treat each other well, even though sometimes we get in fights. That's what I say when I get to that awful, messy middle. I'm like, yeah, we're in a fight right now. You know, (laughs) we're having a fight and that's all right. We can have a fight. Um, Doesn't mean we don't love each other and care about each other. I know that's kind of a funny way to say it, but it does kind of feel like that. It feels like a relationship. And I really want to guard and protect that relationship because it's so much bigger. We talk a lot about artistic voice, artistic style. Am I an artist? And I think we are, our creativity is so much bigger than those labels. So much more important, so much broader, you know, it's a powerful tool for us. And so, you know, let's guard it and love it. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I totally understand the metaphor and I think it's perfect. I know, you know, Julia Cameron always talks about going on artist dates. Um, and then I feel like the metaphor really fits in there because if you're going to be dating your artist self and wooing her and yeah. romancing her, um, then she's going to love you back and then she's going to bring her a game too. I love that. I've never thought about that. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love that idea of the dating. Yes, that's true. There is a wooing component in the dating Hmm. sphere. Yeah, Yeah. Um, that's true. Well, tell me what ways you do look after yourself as an artist and like nourish your side of the relationship. As far as with my creativity? Mm -hmm. Um. I am careful about um, not trying to qualify or quantify what I do. I I don't, I try to keep that measuring stick away. (laughs) You know, there are so many things we can measure in our lives and a lot of things we need to measure. Um, But I really don't want to measure my creativity in the same way. I want it to feel organic. And um, so I... I'm like consistent, I'm inconsistently consistent or consistently inconsistent. I don't know how you, you know, um, like I do art a lot, but I definitely would never, ever put pressure on myself to do it every day Mm. or to get in there. I better get in there. I know if I start saying I better get in there, I better do this thing that, um, that's a, that's, is a stymie that stifles me. It makes me feel shame and fear and dread not something I want to feel. So, um, and I also, um, for my business, I kind of have a style, but I dabble in a lot of different things, you know, and I trust myself that whatever is in my head, my heart and comes out of my hands is my style. That is my style. It's sort of like handwriting. I have a certain way that I write and I have a certain way that I do art and it doesn't matter which category it's in. So um, I stay open and curious. And I think that's the heart of most of us creatives. We are open and curious people. We are idea people. And I think social media is so curated that it it, it really feels like maybe we can't explore and try new things. So I'm careful about comparison, comparing to other people staying in my lane um, while learning. I kind of push the, you know, I kind of try to stay in that middle place, you know, like 
what I'm good at, what I'm, you know, not as good at and stay kind of in the middle there. So, um, yeah, I just try to have a loving attitude and an open, an openness and curiosity always. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, I mean, you're, you're treating yourself like a friend, you know, not measuring, yes. not comparing, um, being yes. kind to yourself and following your heart and what you know to be true to you. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's actually a lesson in, in one of my classes about being a friend to yourself, mm -hmm. because it can often like, would you treat your friend like that? Would you, you know, my daughter is um, a young adult and so she's on an adult journey. And so I can look at her and think, what, what advice would I give to her? What would I say to her? Would I say the things to her that I might say to myself, you know, and having that, um, where you can come back, scope out a little bit to look at the situation can give really good perspective and can feel very nurturing. I think. Hmm. I feel like you are, you're very good at knowing what your strengths are, knowing what your values mm -hmm. are um, in order for you to go after that. How would you, how would you recommend someone find their own strengths and, and see what they're mm -hmm. great at? Mm -hmm. Well, that's another one of my lessons too. I think one of the things we can pull from is looking into our history, looking into our past, where was a place where maybe we didn't think we could do something, but we did. Where is a place where we see inner strength, good decision-making, uh, kindness, compassion, ethics, values. We all have those somewhere in our story. You know, and, and recognizing that whatever we had then, we still have now, like that's innate to us. It's, it's part of who we are and we can bring that into our future. So um, I think understanding your strengths is really good. I think for me in, um, in my art practice, as far as strength, I can feel it in my body. Ooh. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of listen to my body, like what feels What feels loose? What feels free? What feels really tight and rigid and small? What feels open? What feels like when you're a kid and you want to see what's around the corner? You know, I think if you even tune into how your body feels, I think you can feel it there too. And I think it's a practice. It's something you get, you have to be mindful of and aware um, to learn and understand your strengths focus on them, give yourself credit when you find them, you know, don't look at your strength and go, yeah, but, or yeah, that was then, or yeah, someone else did that, you know, go ahead and give yourself the credit that you deserve. Yeah. yeah. We're so, we so freaking good at that, right? When someone says, mm -hmm. oh, you got a nice dress, then we usually, you know, divert. Um, sure. And it's definitely a learned thing where we just accept and when we say something nice about ourselves, we accept, we should accept that too, because absolutely, why are we always, why are we taught that we should um, always be aware of the negatives? You know, we always taught like look for the disaster. And I suppose yes. that goes back, I don't know, to when we were hunting or something, yes. you know, we're yeah. always trying to look, where's the lion? We don't need to look right. for the lions anymore. We can just look for the flowers. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Or maybe we can even do both. Mm. You know, maybe we can. It's also okay to have those weaknesses and 
things we're struggling with while also having our strengths at the same time. We can have both. Because that makes your strength beautiful. Like you were speaking earlier about about your strength being your looseness and your freedom and you would not enjoy anything particular. And for me, it's the opposite. I love that, like, security of the very the very pedantic, particular, exact things. Like, that makes Uh me excited. I find value in the looseness, but my safe place is is the rigid. So Mm -hmm. I want to ask you what tips you have for someone that might want to loosen up. Um, Mm -hmm. Not to say they need to, but if they were wanting to loosen up and try that, what would you recommend? Right. Well, I think... um not putting too much pressure on yourself. I think it's really important too, especially if you're a new artist, that um, building up a skill set can be really helpful because if you really don't know what you're doing, um, you, you might, things will feel frustrating. I remember at one point when I was a new artist, I took um, a class that was about, um, about being intuitive in my art practice. Mm. And I found it incredibly frustrating because uh-huh. I'm, I, yes, right. Uh, because I'm brand new. How do I know how to be intuitive? Right? Yeah. Like um, I went to school to learn sign language, to be an interpreter. And if you would have told me, oh, just be in, like at the beginning of my <laughs> educational journey, just be intuitive. Well, you can't be intuitive until you know some things, right? It's like telling someone to write a book before they've learned the language, you know, in a foreign language. Um, So I would say, especially if you're new, gain a small skill set so you can bring that into a more freeing practice. Because if you just show up with not knowing yet, and it's okay to not know. When I first started, I did not know how to wash a paintbrush, I was Googling it. Like, can someone <laughs> put a video out and take me to the sink? Like, I don't know how to wash my paintbrush, right? It's okay to be a beginner and not know how to wash your paintbrush. Yeah. So I think that can um, foster a lot of frustration when we still are in a learning process. But once we have a little set of skills, I'm not talking about years and years of practice. I'm talking about just a little skill set and it, it's going to build, you know, just being encouraging, being um pushing yourself to a comfortable edge, a comfortable edge, a, on your outer ring of security. Don't push yourself off into the deep, deep end where you just are flailing and you feel terrible. That's not the goal. Just that outer edge of security and, um, and let it be an exploration and let yourself fail. Let yourself fail. Let it get ugly. Let it get muddy. I will tell you for me, I have found, because I do work in this very layered style, that it it will get muddy. I will put some weird things in there. And what I've discovered is if I can sit with that ugly weirdness for just a moment, just a little bit longer than I would have before, if I can just leave it, work on a different place, I often find that that becomes one of the most interesting spots in my artwork. It often, a little ugliness, a little weirdness, often highlights the beauty of the other parts. Um, And if I can tolerate it for just a little bit longer than I want to leave it for just a little bit longer, it often becomes a part of the piece that I love. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't, that's not something I always knew. That's what, that came from a lot of practice and a lot of exploration <laughs> and openness and saying, you know what? I'm uncomfortable. I hate what I just made. I hate that part. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to see what happens. And sometimes it gets covered up. Sometimes it gets partially covered up and sometimes it stays. Mm. And so build your window of tolerance. That's what I call it. Mm. Or maybe I've heard that somewhere. I'm not sure. Build your window of tolerance for failure, for uncertainty, for um, so that your curiosity and your skills have a place to grow. You really can't grow unless you have a window of tolerance for the unknown. And, um, and your window can grow. It can be really small at first and scared and tight. And you can, over time, grow it bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. to where you can stay free. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Uh, Do you have any routines in your creating? So we're speaking a lot about um, the way you see your process and the way you see your pieces, but do you have anything that sets you up before you start creating? Hmm. It sets me up. Um, I often will give my studio a little clean because I work with a lot of materials and I don't always clean them up at the end of a session, but I'll come back the next day and do a little reset. I don't do a massive reset, but I'll do a little reset of my space. Um, and so that kind of resets the, the tone of the space. Um, I tune in to what am I in the mood for? Do I want to work small? Do I want to work big? Do I want to work in a journal on a canvas? Um, I listen to my body. I listen to my spirit. And sometimes it's different. You know, sometimes I feel more in a quiet space and I want just a little small journal. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I really want to move and I want a big canvas and I want lots of color. And I respect, I, I tune in and understand it. And then I respect it and respond to it. Um, I also take, as far as routines, I love to, I have a little on the go pack. That's always packed and ready to go. I throw that in my beach bag and, um, my husband likes to kite. He's one of those people who is attached to the, I don't know if you've ever seen them at the ocean, but he's attached to a big, huge kite and a board on his feet. And it's a, it's really beautiful and really scary. Like on (laughs) the waves. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, he's like, a kiter. So if you ever go and see a bunch of huge, colorful kites yeah. and they're attached to people, <laughs> they're kiting. And um, so I will go with him and with my kit that I love so much, my cute little backpack and my kit that's always packed. And we'll just do a little bit of rough sketching and a little bit of watercolor. I will set up um, shop in the car because when it's windy enough for him to kite, it's usually too windy for it to be comfortable for me. So it's just, it's like my little coffee shop, except in the car. Mm. I bring my books and I bring my um, journal and I bring my headphones and I listen to the podcast and I, you know, do all my things and I just sketch and I sketch with a pen. I don't do a pencil and an eraser (laughs) because you got to commit, you got to stay free, you know, and uh, you got to get through that wonky, ugly, you know, <laughs> or not because it's with a pen. So, um, so I have, I make it accessible. So, you know, whether it's on the go in my studio, I've had my studio in like three different places, three different houses. I've had it tiny. I've had it large and I just figure out, um, systems that work for the space and honor those systems. Mm-hmm. So it's took more about these spaces. You're saying you've got a dedicated space now, 
Previously, you had smaller spaces. How has your work changed and how has your process changed in the different times and spaces of your life? Well, you know, when I first started out, I just was at my dining room table with the blue Ikea rolly cart, you know, <laughs> and it was some of the sweetest moments. And I just worked in a journal and I just had a couple of supplies. And, um, and then when we moved into this house upstairs, I have this weird little nook where you can, it's kind of like a Romeo Juliet, like, um, balcony sort of, it's hard to explain, but that would be the best way to explain it. And I can see out of it on either side and I call it my little perch. I feel like a bird. I, there's a window. We live on a three-story house cause we live near the water. So it's up high and I can see out the window. I can see into my dining room on the other side. And it's this very strange, strange little space. <laughs> and my husband made me a table and he made it really deep because you couldn't go wide, but we could go deep. So all my supplies were in the back and at my feet. And, um, so that was my first dedicated space, even though it is tiny. I mean, it's not even an arm span. <laughs> and uh, I loved that too. And now I'm in a room. And um, so I almost feel like, did it change? I just feel like I have more stuff, <laughs> but I don't know that my art practice changed. Even when I was up in my little bird's nook, I worked on big canvases. I just put them on the floor <laughs> on top of, um, or I, or I would sit on the floor and brace them against my chair, you know, if I wanted them to stand upright. So there are, to there are ways to make it work, whatever space you're in, in your car, in a room. Yeah. It sounds like there's a common theme with you in that you know what you've got externally, internally, and you know what you want to create and you know that you can trust yourself to get there. Hmm. Hmm. That sounds really, I love, do I? That's so great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I would say that's true. I've never kind of summed it up like that, but I think, I think that's accurate. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's talk about your art journey course. And I mean, I think something that really draws me to you is the words that you choose for everything. Mm. Um, okay, so the class is called Enough, Remembering Who You Are in a World That Expects Perfection. <gasps> My heart, just reading that, just mm. so beautiful. Let's. I just want to talk more about it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think... Don't our spirits need to be soothed there, right? I mean, we really just need some soothing. I mean, the world can be hard to exist in, especially as it is, especially online. We are often disconnected from people, from our communities, especially now, of course. And um, if you, if it is not a stretch to not feel like enough, <laughs> that is not hard to do. And it's such a common denominator in all of our lives. At some point, if it's not a common theme in our lives, at some point we're going to feel this way. And that's something that I observed in, in myself and in so many people that I cared about, this common theme of not feeling like enough. And I thought, man, isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? Like I see these women that I love who are so capable, so that I have so much respect for and love, and they don't feel like enough. Mm. And 
that's why I wanted to create the course. I thought, you know, I want something that's kind of a deep dive into that, that still feels inspired. Not this isn't therapy. This isn't um, heavy or hard. It's meant to feel good and nurturing. Um, and what a great way to use the power of art and art journaling to explore that topic, you know, and uh, that's why I created the course because I wanted to marry those two things together. And I wanted to encourage people and encourage myself and not encourage people in the way of, Hey, you can change, you know, <laughs> you can get better. You can deny that you feel that way. I've got those answers for you. No, you know, that feeling of we're in this together. Mm. This is normal. It's okay to feel like you're not enough. We don't want to get stuck there, but it's, we don't need to further shame ourselves. We already feel like we're not enough. Mm. Now we're going to shame ourselves for feeling like we're not enough. And then we're trapped. We're stuck. We're trapped. We think. And so I just felt like it was such a good forum to talk about that and to link arms with people where they're at to take that journey with them, you know, and say metaphorically, like, that's all right. Let's walk it together. Mm. You know, you don't have to be okay. You don't have to get this all summed up and figured out. We're going to figure it out together, you know, and that is really powerful. You know, I've had some of the students, I've had one student who's taken it, who's on a cancer journey, another student who got divorced after a very long marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a little, little tool, a little part of their journey that's helped them maybe gain some new perspective or find some comfort or a release, you know, mm -hmm. find a little release and a little, and it's fun. It sounds weird that that would be fun, but it really is because the spirit of it is so generous and so caring that it doesn't feel constricted or shaming or shunning. Mm -hmm. It feels hopeful and bright, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Just listening to that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I'm wondering with your art, I, I feel like, yeah, creative classes are, a creative project within themselves um, and creating them is like giving birth to a new art and a new something that live, lives outside of you. Um, and so it sounds like when you're creating a class, you don't go, oh, well, I found this new watercolor technique or this new way of making my inks do this. And then you're like, I want to teach that. You kind of go from the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, very rooted in that is the guidepost is the emotional piece. Mm -hmm. That's the most important piece. The art is just the journey that gets us there, you know, and I know that that's different. I feel like than uh, than some of the stuff we see. And I've honestly, I have felt very insecure about it. I have through cre <laughs> through creating this I'm enough course, you know, I have felt like not enough and it feels different than what I've seen. And uh, I see, I see um, a lot of classes that have art with the emotional component, like on top of it, mm -hmm. but the art is the main piece. And this is like that emotional piece is what is the real root mm -hmm. of the class, you know, and that's on purpose. It's intentional because like, where else do we do this in life? You know, there's not a lot of places where we can really 
talk about that, think about it, feel not as alone, Mm -hmm. dream, be inspired, remember, you know, and um, this is just a really beautiful and unique way to do it, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, mm-hmm. that, it's that's beautiful. I mean, I think, you know, when people, whenever I explain what I do, you know, from I just recently bought a car, so like in my car, I was trying to explain to her what I do, and she's like, oh, okay, so um, you teach people how to paint, and I'm like, mm, no. Uh-huh. Not really, uh-huh. but it doesn't it doesn't translate. And I think only artists understand that art is not just art, it's just so much more. It's like that connection oh, yes. with others, with yourself. And yeah, there's art there, but that's mm. almost it doesn't really need to be. Like the the product doesn't really need to be that everything else that comes with it. That's right. I totally agree, man. And it can be kind of hard to define like that, can it? So hard. Because it is so much more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you also, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you also don't want to be a bit of a dick and be like, oh, no, I'm not teaching that. <laughs> I am teaching self-enlightenment, actually. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, how do you articulate it? Some of the buzzwords that are like, this is not a buzzword course, no. and I don't want it to be. <laughs> I, I hate even the word like, some of the words I feel like I have to use, like self-improvement. <laughs> like, oh, that's so not what it is. Maybe self-reflection, mm-hmm. self-help, you know, <laughs> like how do you articulate it in a way that doesn't feel grabby mm-hmm. and feels even the word authentic doesn't feel real anymore almost, but like authentic and tangible and relatable and warm, mm-hmm. warm. Mm-hmm. that's how I want people to feel is like, you know, that feeling when you're in junior high and you're going into the, to the, um, where you're going to eat and you are scared to death about where you're going to sit. And then you walk through that door and someone is like, Hey, I saved a seat for you. That feeling of like, Oh my gosh, there's a seat for me. And that's how I want my course to feel everything in the words like you're talking about the feel is I saved a seat for you there's a seat for you here you know that warm welcoming as you are you got a seat here man that's beautiful um well you definitely made me feel warm today (laughs) and um all of that stuff I felt that you were saving a seat for me I can only imagine what your classes Mm -hmm. are like um I'll put all the links in the show notes everywhere that I share this episode. Thank you so much for sharing yourself, sharing your art with the world, mm-hmm. sharing your heart with the world and and also for teaching us how to mm-hmm. how to do that too and that freedom. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking your time and chatting with me and being such a good listener and investing in you know, my story too. So I really appreciate that. And I have a discount for your listeners and your viewers. Can I offer that? So it's, it's 30% off the course with the, um, code messy. Just put it in at checkout and, um, it's exclusive for for your people. I mean, it'll be pretty awkward if you shared it with someone saying it's mess, the code is messy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that's very generous. Thank you. Thank you.